This show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. Hey, John, will you give us that lick? Explanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I look some stuff up on Wikipedia, watch some YouTube about it, and I'm going to explain it to my friend David Gerondale. Chop, David. Hey. <laughs> what are we going to learn about? We're going to do a two-parter. It's going to be the Dunning-Kruger and Mandela effects. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of stoked. So we'll start with the Dunning- <laughs> <laughs> We'll start with the Dunning-Kruger. I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm stoked about tearing these apart. Yeah. Um... Okay, people, good. For yeah. anyone who thinks that yeah, the no, universe revolves even... around them and their oh, totally, yeah. misrememberings. So, we'll start with the Dunning-Kruger effect, and we'll do a little narrative fashion in the beginning. Okay, yeah. Um, cool. So, in 1995, a Pittsburgh man named MacArthur Wheeler robbed two banks and thought he'd get away with it. Mm-hmm. And he, he had learned that lemon juice was used for invisible ink. And so he had a great idea. He smeared lemon juice all over his face, thinking he'd be invisible from the bank cameras. <laughs> and he even, he, oh. he even looked directly into and smiled for said cameras. Well, yeah, if you're really confident, yeah, yeah he's go for it. Confident. He thought he was being cheeky. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it didn't work, and the police caught him the next day. Really? Really? His, Damn. Yeah. Who would have thunk? Um, but he, and he was heard muttering when they were taken away, but I used the juice. <laughs> <laughs> I used the juice. And the police even showed him footage and he thought it was faked. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like he, in the face of that much evidence, he still held by yeah, his belief. He was like that confident. That's how confident wow. he was. Um, and so like these psychologists, David Dunning and Jason Kruger, decided to study that phenomenon more deeply about just being wrong, but very confident. Right. And uh, so what they did is they gave a group of grad students a series of tests in three categories, grammatical writing, logical reasoning, and sense of humor, which I'm not really sure how you test for sense of humor. I don't really look into that. Yeah. I don't um, know how you just sign like a point. Yeah. Scale. Who's I better, guess you could assign like categories or, but I don't know if you would, you know what I mean? Like you could put people in boxes. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, like, they're never gonna fit perfectly, but you could put people in boxes. But I don't know how you'd give them like a point score. Or like, yeah, like you're a normative like, no, value. That person's fucking boring. <laughs> toast. They get dry toast with no butter. That's their box. Yeah. So, uh, and after they checked the scores, they went back and asked the students how they fared compared to the rest of the students on those three categories of tests. This is where it gets actually interesting. Okay. Um, they found that the students who scored lowest always overestimated how they were compared to the rest. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is like, uh, I've, yeah. I've encountered this phenomenon just like mm-hmm. in, a, in an anecdotal sense. Like, I feel like some of the people in my life who I felt like were maybe... Were most incompetent. The most incompetent underestimated everyone else's competency yeah. as well. They They, like would question the work of esteemed colleagues 
And you just had to be like, yeah, yeah yep. No, I yeah, kind of think they're right. I, I think they're, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, but the other finding they had was that the people in the top percentile rated themselves above average, but never rated themselves in the top percentile. Hmm. Um, so pretty much low-skilled people lack the ability to recognize their lack of ability yeah. or knowledge. And it's similar to the phenomenon of the less you know about something, the less you think there is to know about it. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you are drawing, like, two boxes of ultimate knowledge, the, like, more you know something, the more you know there is to know. Exactly. And the more you know of your ignorance. Yep, exactly. The more, yeah, yeah, exactly. The more you understand your own ignorance. The yeah. Um, so yeah, for like highly skilled people, um, they like just assume because it's easy for them that other people have the knowledge and or skills they have. Oh, yep. Or have spent the time or in other words, they know what they don't know. Just like we were saying. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, and it's not just like a, like cognition ability type thing. Like, there have been over a hundred studies that show that people have illusionary superiority. Like, uh, software engineers at two different companies were asked to rate their performance, and 32% at one company and 42% at the other rated themselves in the top 5%. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And that doesn't really make math sense. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard similar statistics about drivers. Oh yeah, that's the next one. Oh, um, in another study, eighty-eight percent of drivers rated themselves as having above-average driving skill. Yeah, and even old people place themselves as Man, above-average driver. Man, those twelve percent though, they are really aware of. Yeah, like how they're like, no, I'm bad. Well, no, they're probably in the mean, because if you are like, if you do have some skill, but you know that you're no expert and you know that you're not bad, you're actually more likely to place yourself in the lower quintile. Is that a word? That makes sense. Quintile. Yeah. Um, yeah, the people who are the worst, I guess, yeah, you're right. The people who are, like, not paying attention at all and don't even realize that they're, like, a moving hazard, yep. they're going to rate themselves as pretty good. Yeah. Even though they just change lanes three times back and forth without signaling once. <laughs> once. Yeah. The signal's for me. It's not for you. Please use your signal. No shit. Oh, my God. Like, I do this, like, hand flashing thing where I just open my hand at people. And nobody ever understands. But, like, every now and then somebody has, like, pulled over. And they're, like, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just saying use your signal, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, <laughs> so, like I said, old people even rate themselves in the highest, oh, highest percentile. Oh, man. That's... And, uh, like, that reminds me of the story I got. Like, I was at the police station for whatever reason. Had to go there. <laughs> I wasn't in trouble, I don't think. Because I would have remembered. Yeah, of course not. I think it was, like, parking tickets or some shit. Anyway, um, there was this old guy at the window there. He had to be, like, 65. He's, like, talking into the window. And he's like, hey, I need you guys to take my dad's driver's license away. <laughs> I re I really need you guys to take, go on take my dad's driver's license. He's going to hurt somebody. I just know it. He's fucking out there all the time, and he won't stop driving. And they're like, yeah, we can't really do that. And he's like, okay, well, then just, like, follow him around. Just wait till he does something. And just, like, 
<laughs> and they're oh, like, "Oh man, that's amazing!" He's just asking the cops to tail his dad yeah. until he does something wrong and then revoke his license. Yeah, wow. His, I mean, that guy was like sixty-five. His dad had got to be just, like 80, 85. I mean, honestly, if you really think he's gonna hurt somebody, just take his license. Then you'll have to go get a replacement. Yeah, they're probably gonna want to test his eyes and and maybe <laughs> even his skills when he apply right? reapplies at the DMV. Um, and don't don't help him online, because if you help no. him, he could just do all of that online and get it mailed to him. Yeah, he don't, don't know, he that. don't know how to use the internet. So. Yeah, no, not alone. Um, but with saying that, with saying about the eighty eight percent of people, let's definitely strike that better drivers part about the internet. Why? That no, was absolutely super not. Ageist. I don't care. It's true. Yeah, but ageism is like the okay. If you're over eighty and you know the internet, I'm fucking proud of you. You're not, you're in. <laughs> All right, fine. Keep the, keep All right. the ages joke in there. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not specifically ages, but I think that is a truism that uh, old people aren't good at the internet or driving. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. It's largely true, I think. So let's move on. I don't think it's their fault. It's not their fault. It's just God, I how can't, it goes. I can't even run Snapchat and I'm only 30 years old. Yeah. I need to get that because. Oh, never mind. I need to get Instagram so I can follow us. So, <laughs> and I'm not even 30 yet. All right. So yeah, um, I was just saying that uh, the study said 88% of drivers rated themselves as having above average skill, but I would like to cut in here and say that I'm actually a perfect driver. Like, you're good. You're good. You're a good driver. I think everybody can agree that I'm like one of the best drivers they know. You're pretty good. Yeah. Thanks. Um. So yeah. The Dunning-Kruger effect isn't actually a question of ego blinding us to our weakness. Um, people usually admit admit their deficits once they can spot them. So, like, there's a different study that had students who had initially done bad on a logic quiz. Then they took a mini course on logic, and after that, they were quite able and willing to label their original performance as awful. Oh, okay. Yeah. So also, I feel like, well, the ego isn't as bruised when you can point to an improvement because like now the ego yeah. is just like pumped up on like how it's like, currently better is superior to the past self. It's still superior to like an other because the past self is more an other than the current self. Yeah. And that's a, I think that's why people with moderate amount of skill or expertise often have less confidence in their ability. Yeah, it makes sense. Because they're yeah. aware of just like how much they don't know, and they like underestimate what they do know relative to that. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite examples of the Dunning Kruger in effect is American Idol. Like when people suck yeah. really, really bad and just start freaking the and fuck bomb. out. Yep. And like anybody who's watching the television is like, "Oh my god, they were so bad! What was going on?" <laughs> they're just like no goddamn expert and they like feel like they're good and they don't know what they're missing. Yeah. They specifically like, like try to get a few of those. Each oh season yeah, to... absolutely. That's almost as good as people doing well. Oh, it is. It's like the, it's, it's the, it's what they market the beginning of the season on. They market the end of the mm. season on people like doing really well. Yeah. They market the beginning on the season on just like, I don't know, just kind of putting on display these people who, no, really absolutely. yeah don't have much of any business Talent. singing in front of an audience but much at the less, same time like, like being, being awarded a contract they're for basically an album. yeah yeah of course not but they i don't know 
they also I don't think deserve to be just like paraded out like that and kind of just like made America's. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Actually, for a little while, I was gonna say they. It's like for a week, just like everybody's shitting on them. Yeah, and they don't deserve that. I was gonna say, yeah, they signed a NDA. Or not NDA. They I don't signed, care. They didn't yeah, know what they were doing. Exactly. It's like cops. Like there's yeah, a whole they podcast on cops no right now. Yeah, no idea. Of... And producers like are really, really convincing. Oh yeah. To sign those papers. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially for cops, like that show. Um. So like, he... they didn't go on knowing that they were going to be humiliated. No. No. Yeah. For sure. Um. So here's how you can avoid the Dunning Kruger effect. No stuff. No stuff. Or just like always keep trying to know stuff. Yeah, keep learning. Just always keep learning. learning Never be satisfied. When you're out of school. Yeah. Like, don't be satisfied in your wealth of knowledge. Ask lots of questions. Ask lots of qu- questions. You have like. Know, know who to ask. You have a source of infinite and, information in your pocket too, probably. And uh, yeah, like, and then take feedback. Even if it's hard to hear. Yeah. Like, be even more interested in what is correct, what is true, what has factual basis than, like, what you've previously thought. Just absorb anytime you feel like you're starting to lose an argument because you just actually don't know what you're talking about and you thought you did and now you're suddenly realizing with a dropping feeling in your stomach that you actually have no fucking clue and you were pretty passionate a second ago. It's hard to just, do, but Just it's... admit it. Just be like, oh, shit, I don't think I have any idea what I was talking about. It's hard and to do, And then ask but... the person follow-up questions. Now you can absorb their argument and their opinion and you You now are going to win that argument in the future and you grow as a person yeah you do yeah um but i just feel like i've absorbed a million people's superior arguments oh yeah i don't lose as many arguments absolutely i just win more because they're other people's previous arguments who beat me i just keep Mm -hmm. taking the best ones that's what rhetoric is all about yeah um Got anything else you want to say about the Dunning-Kruger effect? No, actually, I wasn't really familiar with that. I I had, or rather, I'm familiar with the effect, but I hadn't been familiar with their work. Okay, um, yeah, basically I'm what mostly it was. I'm aware of the Mandela effect. Though. Yeah, which is what we're going to move on to. Yeah, it makes uh, sense that you bundled these together. Thank you. Now that I know what that is. Yeah. Um, so Joe Scott on YouTube had a great video about this. Oh, he's, a, I love him. He's I love darling. Joe Scott. Check he's his YouTube. So great. Um, and, uh, so the Mandela effect is basically when a large amount of people share a false memory and it's named after the anti-apartheid here, <laughs> the, the anti-apartheid hero, Nelson Mandela. Wait, wait, you got to hit Apart- that T. Apartheid? Apartheid. Apartheid? It's just apartheid. The anti-apartheid hero, Nelson Mandela, who was arrested in 1962 for attempting to overthrow the government. Right, the... The white supremacist yeah. government. Yeah. Like, way worse than segregation. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Not to downplay segregation in this oh, country. Yeah. Absolutely but it was just, no. it was, it was like if you took the, what was going on in the worst parts of some of the South and just made it nationwide and kind of instilled it in law. Put on PCP. This is like how Joe Scott kind of described it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he was given a life sentence for, uh, being in Congress and going against it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was considered a revolutionary. Yeah. I mean, he's a he, rebel. And he spent 27 years in prison, lived in an 8 by 7 cell. He's 6'1". 
uh, slept on a straw mat and worked in a limestone quarry during the day during the day until he was released in 1990. Um, during that time, he basically <laughs> became the face of the anti-apartheid movement. Um, oh yeah, it it kind of made him stronger. Yeah. And, and if I'm not mistaken, he had a lot of correspondence from prison. Yeah, or is I that not know. true? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like he was basically made president directly after being released from prison. Yeah. And like apparently millions of people remembered that he died in prison. Yeah, pretty much only Americans though. Really? This doesn't seem to have affected South Africans oh, obviously at not. all. Yeah. So what's interesting about this only Americans remembered watching fucking, fucking theory is that it gets even worse too. It does. It just keeps getting worse. It's so self-centered. It's like yeah. more self-centered than astrology, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like I think it's more self-centered to believe that the timeline of the entire universe has shifted and you're now stuck in a different time. Sorry, I don't want to so, spoil yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, we're getting into spoilers. But um, so yeah, he actually when he actually died in 2013, tons of people were c- confused because they could have sworn he already died. They watched news footage about it. They mourned his death. Um, whatever. Like most of the people who claim this were too young to have mourned his death if he died back in the 80s anyway. Most yeah. of the people I've heard talk about this are like millennials. Like you guys couldn't have been mourning him. You were a baby if you were born. Yeah, and uh, so basically where the Mandela effect becomes like a popular culture ideal is somehow conspiracy theorists have bundled in the idea of parallel universes. Yeah. And so they say that, no, it's actually true that all of us did remember that, and then we were all transported to this new, to this new different universe, but retained our memories some fucking how. Can we just poo-poo that? Oh yeah, it's garbage. Okay. It's garbage. Also, it was it was first invented by a woman on a blog, I believe. Yep. And um, she herself is one of those, and I fucking hate it when people say this. Actually, if I'm being honest, it's a huge pet peeve of mine. It's just a fun thing to think about because what they really mean is no, 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 no. Oh. Just allay every <laughs> logical. <laughs> like logical like, fallacy in fallacy your... logical uh contradiction about it and just consider if it were real now don't when you're considering this don't think about it as fiction <laughs> yeah. actually let it impact your fucking world view oh, and yeah. how you make day-to-day decisions and how you view the world that's what they mean when they say it's a fun thing to think about. Like, and I don't let fiction in that way impact my worldview. If your brain had been transported into a new universe, then like all the matter would have had to been replaced and all like everything. Like all the everyone's how would that even happen? Well, I think like, I think what they try to tie it to in quantum physics is like how sometimes particles just poof out of existence and we don't know where they go and sometimes particles poof into existence and we have no idea where they came from i think they they use this like every so that's gap why they can find in our scientific understanding they claim to have like this this knowledge of, of what it probably order. is yeah they're like well you know that's obvious i could have they're going I, to different the other parallel universes i could absolutely not be wrong that i remembered he died and you know what definitely makes more sense if I'm following Occam's razor is that 
millions of us were transported from an alternate universe where Mandela did die in prison. Like, yeah. Uh, are we going to talk about some of the other examples that are popularly used? Yeah, we will. Okay. But yeah, so like if you search for the Mandela effect on Wikipedia, it just re- redirects you to false memories. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's fucking awesome. That's amazing. Um, Good job, curators like, of that. Yeah, Wikipedia like re- Wikipedia refuses to make the Mandela effect a page. Good. Yeah. Um, here's a quote from Joe Scott about like the whole thing. Memories feel so vivid and real that we feel like we are watching a video of the past, but that's not how memories work at all. It's more like putting a puzzle together. Every time you recall a memory, you put the puzzle back together. And every once in a while, some pieces of that puzzle can get misplaced. The brain just doesn't like gaps, so it fills in those gaps automatically without you even knowing it. Yeah, and not only that, the more strongly you feel about a memory, the more you change it in that direction. Exactly. Yeah, that's just how memory works. Like, yep. And we're very, very suggestible. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Somebody... If someone else says they remember something a certain way, sometimes that's enough. If you're unsure, that's enough to convince you that you remember it the same way. Yeah. I mean, everybody does it. Yep. Like, everybody everybody can be influenced by the Dunning-Kruger or Mandela effect. Oh, yeah. Also, like, if yeah, exactly. If you think back through your memories, if you have any memories that you can think of um, where they're in the third person, like, you're literally watching yourself do something. You're mm. like, oh, I remember this time at the beach when I was a kid and I was yeah. running in the wind. And I was, I can see myself running and my it's, my jacket's flapping. Well, obviously, obviously that's, that's a reconstruction. A yeah. Like, y- you, that's not even a real memory. Yeah, you didn't like live... Like, it's a, it's a re-illustration of an event that probably is based on fact. Oh, yeah. But you never lived in the third person. Yeah, you, you never saw any of that. Yeah. It's like uh, one of my earliest memories. I kind of remember being held by my mom while my house was burning down. Oh. But like, yeah, that's, that's a third person stark. memory. Pretty, yeah, of course it is. Yep. And you know, you've probably, probably heard that story a thousand times. Well, and it probably like, happened before I was even fucking able to form memories. May have. Yeah. You know, um, so another, another one is <laughs> how va- a lot of people think that Vader said, Luke, I am your father. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he never, That's a big one. He never said that. Nope, never says that in the movie. No. Not so, once. He says, no, I am your father. Yeah, there's a small difference. Or there's that book and comics, The Bears Stay in Bears. Yep. And this one actually got me. I think this one is probably the most... Yeah, like, I, I misremember it. Yeah, I, I, misremember I remember it. the misremembered uh, incorrect. Yeah, I remember always saying Bernstein. Yep. But, you know, maybe we all were by that time. Maybe, like, maybe. us as like a society, a lot of things. like, all just, all of us remembered it wrong. Um, also, people just, like, sometimes mispronunciations kept catch on. Yeah. And we, I'm yeah. trying to do that all the time. Trying no, to just get you guys to say shit wrong, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about comfortable today. A lot of people say comfortable. Are you with comfortable a, or uncomfortable? With a heavy F? No, like... They take out an entire syllable. Oh yeah, it's comfortable. That's so and uncomfortable. I will never say comfortable. But that's what I'm saying. Like words just change. Yeah, they, they just change. L- language is fluid. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, really, the takeaway for me for this episode is that not only can we not trust ourselves to accurately assess how good we are at something, 
but we're also sometimes bad at remembering things in the first place. Wait, are those the only examples you have? Crap, I feel like there was a um, serial there's another one. one there? There's another one that I just wasn't really familiar with the movies. Like, a lot of people think that Sinbad was in Kazam. Oh, weird. No, I don't have that problem. Yeah, I don't know that one. That's and weird. also, like... I mean, that was definitely Shaq. It, Shaq was in Shazam. Wait, what the hell's Kazam? Apparently, it's a fucking show that happened. Oh, shit. Uh, I never okay, watched my it. bad then. I was thinking of Shazam. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know this isn't the Mandela effect, but I know that Alicia believed for years that John Goodman was dead, so maybe she's one of those people from a different timeline. Oh, yeah. That's you? And he was putting out work, uh, she too. Nodded. Like, the whole time. <laughs> he was putting out work. It's this... not like he had gone into reclusion. And yeah. Yeah. Then... One day, John Goodman, he just fucking, popped he up probably, on her radar. He and probably she was like, hosted He's not a, dead. He probably hosted SNL five times in the time <laughs> <laughs> in the time that you thought he was dead. <laughs> he was on Community. He was in some J.J. Abrams movies. He was in some good movies. He was probably in like three Coen Brothers flicks. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I got. Okay, so that's it for this. Episode. Also, if we didn't make it clear. The Mandela effect is stupid. It's, yeah. It's, it has... Also... Okay, just one yeah. more no, thing. No, no, no. I'm, I'm totally fine. Keep going. I dislike the notion... Okay, a lot of people tend to accept things that have no factual basis simply because a lot of other people seem to buy it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is not any sort of legitimacy. Yeah. Like, no. people used to buy a lot of fucking things. Slowly, as a society, we've all figured it out. Yeah, that's uh, a, one thing at a time. But yeah, that's an appeal to popularity. Exactly, and logical fallacy. It is. It's a logical fallacy to believe that just because a lot of other people think something's true, that that gives it merit. Yeah, it means that like maybe if enough people are are willing to believe something, it's worth looking into it. Absolutely, so that you can understand it. Look into anything, that's but don't just don't just buy it. That's kind of lazy. Yeah, it is kind of lazy. Absolutely. You shouldn't be lazy about your worldview. It's really important. Like, what you think about the world mm-hmm. and how you form your ideas is really important. Totes. I, it has a huge impact on the people around you. Yeah. And especially where, like we were saying, the suggestibility of the human mind. So mm-hmm. you can, like, affect people with your fucking bunk ideas, like anti-vaccination. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like anti-vaccination. Like, and the more likely you are, the more you buy into things like the Mandela effect, the more likely you are to buy into other things from that kind of counterculture, counter-science. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's a counter-science. Counterculture is what it really is. Yeah. It's anti-intellectual, anti-scientific. So it's anti-everything I'm about. That's really. anti-dexplanations. It is. It's the anathema of this show. Mm. I feel really good right now. Yeah, we shit all over that. <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Dexplanations is recorded at Rabbit Pen Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited, and provided them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. Art and logo by Monet Moran. We don't have any new patrons supporting the show this week, but I want to thank all of our past and current patron supporters. Your support means everything to me, to us, and the show itself. If you want to support this show, go to patreon.com slash dexplanations, or leave a review on iTunes. Likely, we got a bunch of things wrong. If you want to tell me about it or just want to bullshit, hit me up at dexplanationspodcast at gmail.com. 
Tweet me at Dexplanations. Comment on Instagram. Or David's scratching my knee like a cat. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> or find us anywhere else you can on social media. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. Oh, and as for you, don't doubt it. You're actually one of the smartest people I know. You're also a super great driver. Bye now. <laughs>